Talofa and aloha, everybody. Welcome back to season two. Season two of the Fire Knife Life podcast. This is your host, your ghost host, world champion, Fire Knife dancer, Rex Tiumalu. We're here with episode 35 with the awesome Mikel Reese, the CEO and founder of Interwoven, and also Mixed Women. She is a very strong ambassador of women's rights and Polynesian identity across the board and across the country. So during this episode, you're going to learn so much about how can we advance as a people and advance as young Polynesians, women and men alike, to be in touch with our feelings and make a better change in the world. So without further ado, let's give it up for the amazing Mikhail Reese. Thank you, it. We're now on again. I did it. How are you, man? I'm doing great. I'm over here with my girlfriend, Cassie. Cassie, hi. Hello, Miss Cassie. Yes. So great. So great to do the podcast again. (laughs) I love it. Hey. It's worth doing. It's worth doing twice. Let's do this. Yes, we did it for the second time. Because uh, when I did the other episode, the the audio really was bad. It was muffly. I couldn't hear. Shoot. We could do this again. Is it? better do you think it's like airpods or are we good yeah oh it's the cats hey get the cats <laughs> sorry the cats are fighting <laughs> it's okay it's sorry. been a rough year i get it yeah 2020 they're just ready to get out of it they're ready we all are so great <laughs> yes thank you. yeah it sounds a lot better i think because of the the system i was using before it, it was all bad so i'm good i'm good now so thanks for uh Covering out some time to be in on the podcast, you know? Yeah, man. Of course. Yeah, you know, like last time, I'm going to say three, two, one. I'll introduce myself and introduce you. You know, same, same as before. It. Yeah. Are dude. you ready? I'm so ready. Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Aloha, Talofa, everybody. Welcome to the Fire Knife Life podcast. This is your hostess with the mostest, Rex Tiamalu. Some people will get that joke. Some people will not get that joke. But yes, today we have a very special guest. She is the founder of Mixed Women and also Interwoven. She's a very awesome leader and ambassador for everyone everywhere. Also for indigenous people, for women's rights and all of that. Also works closely with the BYU football team. Sorry about that. I don't know why I'm stumbling over my words. These cats are crawling all over me. But... Let's give it up for the awesome Mikel Reese. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for that introduction. Yes, of course. Sorry about that. Uh, no worries. You're listening to the podcast. I'm living in a house where there's a whole bunch of cats, so don't uh, don't worry. So great. <laughs> how's your How's your New Year's and how's your holidays been? Oh, so lovely. You know, just hanging out, still inside. <laughs> Hopefully in 2021, we all get to venture out a little bit and be together. Yes. What is, what is something in the, this COVID time that you've learned, you know, when it comes to like, you know, what the world used to be like and how did, did it make you concentrate more on the, on your business and your, and your goals of both, you know, both companies you're trying to, and the message you're trying to put out there? Absolutely. 2020 actually gave me a lot and it was hard. It's been hard for everyone. But uh, being Afakasi, growing up mixed, I had all these kind of weird experiences. And up until 2020, it's kind of been like, what were all these experiences for? Uh-huh. What, you know, they, they clearly taught me something, but what? And 2020 seemed to bring that all together. Um, and understanding my role in um, social justice, in racial matters, um, with women's rights it was clear that when you are of mixed race, you learn how to be a bridge and you learn how to speak both cultural languages. And really because of the melting pot that America is, you learn how to speak several and you know how to get people to hear you. And Uh so this year brought me a lot of good things. Yes. And that's awesome. And I really want to touch about, uh, touch on that being up because like, I feel like, for me, being full time one, full Polynesian, mm. like my ways of identity was different in a way because I lived in a place where there was really no Polynesians. But 
growing up, how where where did you gravitate towards most? Which side of the coin? And then like how has it changed now and in, in what you're trying to do and trying to integrate both things and what were you mostly or what were you trying to gravitate towards being half? So I grew up in Provo, Utah mm-hmm. in the nineties. So mm-hmm. there was not a lot of diversity here then. There mm-hmm. and it's getting better and that's so great. But I was raised by my white family and so mm-hmm. I wanted to be white. That mm-hmm. was it. I you know, when everyone around you looks a certain way, you just want to fit in. And what all human beings are our most essential need is to belong. And so I did everything I could to suppress anything Polynesian in me, mm-hmm. which was very difficult to do because I had like enormous Moana hair and, you know, <laughs> was yeah. very brown child in a very white neighborhood. <laughs> so I stood out and, but I, you know, it, as I've gotten older, it took me a long time uh-huh. to feel like I could discover my Samoan roots. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I started really doing that in earnest about four years ago. But one of the gifts of this year was um, uh, the Pele Sasa dream. He Instagrammed about the blood quantum. Yeah. And he said, like, if if you're 16% Samoan, you're Samoan, and this, these are your lands. Mm-hmm. We have to stop um, making people less than. These are all our people. It's not our fault, basically, that there's a diaspora, right? Yeah. And that really was like, okay, I may never belong, but I get to belong to myself. Mm-hmm. And then reaching out and meeting you and um, Lonnie and <laughs> the Polynesian genealogist, like all of these full Polynesians or half or Afakasi, whatever they are, either in the same situation that I am or not, but being mm-hmm. so accepting of yeah. me wanting to learn, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I have three children. And so I want them to know where they come from, Yeah, you know, and that <laughs> 2020 has showed us that there is nothing that is really known. You know, we never really know what's going to happen in the next moment. And that's a gift because it allows us to live in the present moment. But mm-hmm. being someone, being Polynesian, we are descended from the greatest wayfarers in human history. We know how to find our way. Mm-hmm. And that, that really, like if 2020 brought something home, it was that my way to find through life I know how to do this yeah you know and I want to show other people that that's already inside them as well I love that because you know I I really put you in that category with like with Pelisasa Dream and all these people Mm -hmm. that are really changing the changing the the mindset of people and really taking control of who they are you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and also you know, I work with Lonnie, you know, Lonnie, me, you and yeah. Lonnie always talk about it. You know, it's, yeah. I mean, I mean, I fully understand because I'm, I'm full and stuff, but I see how that could, you know, change a person's life trajectory. It could either push them more towards their Falangi side or whatever, but that mm-hmm. doesn't make them less Polynesian or right. less Samoan. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know somebody got bashed on Facebook for, you know, putting a Samoan flag on like, like, after getting a genealogy test, like I'm only a couple of percent, but you know, I represent where I was, but I think us as Polynesians need to accept the fact that like, you know, there needs to be more of us to carry on these things. Yeah. So for you, how did, how did you start interwoven and mixed women, you know, and also, you know, what was your inspiration behind it? And, and also these past four years of you getting into your sign, one sign, like how, how did that come about? So um, when my daughter was born, actually, so she's four now and having a girl really rocked my world because I knew that I needed to really love myself and that I don't love the term self-love. It's so overused, you know, Uh but girls know, they know the difference between when their mother really loves themselves and is secure in themselves, you know, and 
boys love their moms, but I think you can kind of get away with it a little bit, you know? And I didn't want her to grow up the same way that I did. Um, you know, wishing for straight blonde hair, wishing for something that she wasn't, right? And so I knew that I had to really kind of, I had to go inward and figure out what was great about me and why those things are, why I get to take up space, right? Mm-hmm. Why I get to call myself someone and white. These are, there's a beauty of being mixed race. And like for you, you're mixed culture, right? Cause you, yeah. you're full, but you grew up here. Yeah. And so that, and that feeling can be the same, right? That you don't really belong anywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, my daughter really, really kind of launched it for me. But then in doing all that inner work, right? And then and then realizing that there's so much ancestral trauma on both sides, right? Because I'm both colonized and colonizer. Yeah. And to understand what happened in our islands, you know, and how how I got here, you know, in the middle of the mountains. And it's fascinating to me, you know? And so anyway, all, all of that deep inner work really happened a lot um, over those years. And then I wanted mixed women to be the space where mixed race and mixed culture people could come together and heal. Because what I have learned the most is you need to go back to where you're safe and where you're understood to heal. And for when I started finding mixed race people because I started reaching out we didn't there was so much we didn't have to explain to one another we'd had the same experiences we'd had that feeling of not belonging and there's so much healing there when you're understood but then um when George Floyd was murdered I got a bunch of texts I mean my phone just blew up from all my white friends they were asking me questions about it and it dawned on me that I was the only person of color that they really know Uh You know, and it, and, but that they were listening to me in a way that I didn't expect. Mm -hmm. And so mixed women came about because of that. So I started just teaching it's basic emotional intelligence, um, but applied to anti-racism. Yeah. So it was basic because, you know, it's such a beautiful thing to me that white people are waking up to this Mm -hmm. and that they are willing to step into that grief because there's a lot of grief and pain to acknowledge that your ancestors you know <laughs> did this they built this country they were slave owners all of those they, they owned the enslaved excuse me um uh-huh. and so to teach them that it's not their fault racism isn't their fault but it is their responsibility yes you know and then how to process those feelings so that you can keep showing up mm-hmm. to this to this anti-racism work that is it's going to be lifelong because for white people it's embodied over generations Uh you know and undoing that is big and like for you and for me we have a side that you know you go back two or three generations and they were living indigenously yeah there's that's that's a superpower if you want to put it that way Uh you know because that's not that, not to say that like <laughs> someone people don't have their own problems you know what i mean there's no like utopian society but there is less trauma there uh-huh. you know and that's something that we can access that's something that w- that's our gift and then when we're talking specifically about um what's going on with our black brothers and sisters if you're brown you have experienced enough racism and marginalization to know that it's real yeah you, and, and you know it in your body. And, and so while we have certainly mis, been mistreated, it's nothing like what the Black community has experienced. Uh-huh. And so for me, it was so clear that this is my work because I'm not exhausted. Yeah. I'm not exhausted from generations of being Black in America, right? And so yeah. to take the time and energy to bridge that conversation, right? for white people who had no idea because of course white supremacy set up a system for them 
where they wouldn't be aware of it, right? And then to be able for them to witness the holy rage of the black community. I love that. And hopefully bring some healing. Yes, and I think that's a good point that I really wanted to bring up because there's a lot of Polynesians, you know, mm-hmm. people like you, Lani, and even even my girlfriend Cassie, you know, what, some Polynesians really believe like, oh, politics and all of that has nothing to do with us, like Black Lives Matter has nothing yeah. to do with us, but it really does. You know what I mean? For real. I know they're like, oh yeah, people don't know who we are and stuff, but we've all had our charades and discrimination. There's like we were doing some research and. And just like so many people have done a lot to the Polynesians and really fantasized over them and really like made fun of them and their culture and oh, stuff. Yeah. Like we, I think that we put things under the rug. So what do you say to the Polynesians or to the people who don't believe like, oh, this only happens to them. It never happens to us. It really does. Well, and we need to stop. It really does. Yeah. We, we were brought in. Um, the really classic model minorities are Eastern Indian and Asian, right? Because they were brought in uh, as doctors, you know, um, engineers, th- things like that, right? And and kind of shown like, see, this is what we do. We're not racist because we like these brown people. And so they gave them just enough um, white privilege to keep them happy, sort of, but it was always at a cost right like and they know that every minority in this country knows that there's a cost right but because you know white people hold the power and have for the last several centuries we were always trying to belong to that power which makes it the most natural human thing and so polynesians come in and we're the happy polynesians right Mm -hmm. we're the ones that we, we know how to have a good time. We dance for you. We're always happy, you know, and we're so lucky to be here in America. Yeah. Right. Which is true and also not true, you know, because there's so much of our countries, um, all of Oce- Oceania that was, it was colonized and taken from us, you know? And so, you know, our parents' generation, you know, they really, they needed to come here to have a better life. But a lot of that was caused because of colonization. Yeah. And so it's, it's such a hard thing to walk, right? Because our parents came here as first generation immigrants to give us a better life. And, and they did. And so, but they were living in survival a lot of the time. So there was no room to process these emotions. They were simply trying to fit in and do the best they could to provide a better life for their children. Well, part of this better life that they provided us was that we actually get to experience our emotions yeah, and look at the why behind things. That's a good thing, right? That is progress, but it, it's hard to explain mm-hmm. to that generation. And it's hard to explain that it's like, you know, I have uncles who are like, don't worry about black people. That's not our problem. They're not our people. And it's like, no, we're all each other's people. Yeah. That's, and that's what white supremacy does, right? It, it causes this infighting because we are so incredibly powerful that were we to stop infighting, right? Yeah. And really heal as a community that, that goes for Polynesians, you know, the Latin community, any, any minority of a community, the moment we can come together and heal, it will be unstoppable. But because white supremacy has created this scarcity, right? That there's only so much of um, success, of (laughs) housing, food, whatever it is, that we need to keep it for us, right? And so it's like, don't worry about anyone else. Just keep to our people. And what I've learned is that we've got to go in to our cultures and into our communities to heal. But with the purpose to remember that we are all one as a human race. And that this, you know, you and I were the adults now in this generation, which is always... It's always so strange to be an adult, right? 
<laughs> we get we get to steer this ship now in the direction mm-hmm. that we want it to go. And so for you who's um, you know, mixed cultured and I'm mixed race, we we're trying to call together everyone, right? And say you're enough just as you are. Yeah. We need to heal together so that we can heal as a whole. Yeah. And I love the point that you brought up that, you know, when our our families came here from the islands and things like that, like it was just about survival mode and the American dream to them. Yeah, it was coming here, but it was just to revive. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is the generation like our time where we kind of change what the old school didn't get to do, which is like opening up feelings and, and, and trying to open up and heal those wounds that not just from colonization, but within ourselves. I feel like there's a lot of things that we were taught or even our parents were taught that like you know the toxic masculinity like the the role we play in in society like you're Mm -hmm. what is it called pigeonholed into this like i think Mm -hmm. polynesians i think that's why i love doing this podcast and speaking with people man like they always Visualize me as like, oh, yeah, you should be in football. If not in football, you should be in this and this. So why can't we make our own, be in our own arts and do what we always love to do, you know? Yes, absolutely. And that's such a, you know, I think everyone, maybe not everyone, but who's Polynesian at some point, they're like, oh, what sport Mm -hmm. did you play? You know, and for a lot of us, Mm -hmm. we had an answer. But it was so expected that that that's it, you know. And I, it's it's so strange to exist because of sports. That's how I came to be. My dad, you know, he immigrated here, and then he got a scholarship, and that's how I exist, which is such a strange thing. And there is so much of the toxic masculinity that got passed to us from white mm-hmm. patriarchy. Um, you know, as I've researched our culture and there, it is so rich, our culture, that it's going to take me years. And I'm just so excited to learn all that I can about our culture. But the men were balanced. I mean, if you just look at the dances, there are, of course, right, Zivafi, there's the slap dance, there's all, there's all these masculine dances, but there's also ones where the men are moving in such a feminine flowing way. They know how to move their hands with softness. They were balanced. They knew that strength was not only physical and the strength to provide for their families, right? Just like the tattoo teaches them, right? Like you're going to go through this pain so that you know, you can overcome it. Um, but that there is so much strength in mm-hmm. grieving in being able to weep and cry and all of those things. And, you know, like I said, we don't have to go very many generations back to see that and to see that it was, it, it was a very matriarchal society, but there was a lot of balance. You know, the women did a lot of the hard labor. The women did traditional feminine things and vice versa. And so as I've, you know, really gotten to know a lot of Polynesian men, I can see that softness in them still. And it's beautiful that we are living in a time, and especially the younger ones, the ones that are in their 20s, they'll they'll say stuff like, I have body issues. You know what I mean? Like they're they're putting language to these feelings. And then they're still, you know, they're football players and they're this and they're all these things that are traditional masculine roles. It's the ability to be the both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that that that's powerful and that that's healing. And that's that's what I want for my son, you know, and them being Polynesian and just like you and me, too. We were blessed with these extremely strong bodies, you know, and my sons are going to be big. They're already enormous and they're just little and so for me to teach them that they're it's absolutely okay to be angry and sad and here is how you express it so that they don't misuse these 
extremely strong bodies that they were yeah. left with. You know, and that that kind of healing as you as you do it, Rex, as you know, as I tried to teach my sons how to do it, that also heals our our ancestors. I feel like it's I feel like it's a it's a generational thing. You know, problems and stuff have always been mm-hmm. passed off by the generations and hopefully like we we stand up and our kid or maybe our kids stand up to be the ones that really change those mindsets of our people and the way we look at ourselves, the way we view each other. Cause I, mm-hmm. I've always heard this, even Fia said this to me too, like, you know, in order to change the world, you have to change within yourself. And I think that's something that is very true. Yeah. That you're instilled oh, with those are from the years and years of, you know, of traumatic things. So yeah. that's what I love about the podcast. Let's get deep on it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go deep, you know, it's, it's the way to go. But yeah, the look, it people will pick physical pain over emotional pain almost every time because it is easier. You know, and so we always, you know, that quote, be the change that you want to see in the world, right? And it's it's a great quote, but being the change means going inward, healing those things, processing those feelings. Um, learning to really see yourself, right? And for us, you know, as mixed race or full race or even just whatever it is, um, we have to kind of break down all the colonized views of beauty standards, language, art. It's all these things that you have to start to see in yourself, but then accept. Yeah. Right. And that's hard work and it's painful, you know? And so when, when we're talking about toxic masculinity or whatever it is, if you're not allowed to grieve, how do you do that work? How do you become the change? You know, you got to go in first and that doing that work, working on you, that is changing the world and it makes it manageable. Right. Because you only have control yeah. over you. Like, there's this quote that I love that says that if you tell some, if you tell a kid that they won't be, if, if they're, if you tell a kid that they'll be nothing, then they won't do anything. You know, because words, like, mm. I feel like words really do get to people. But it's also like the way we've all been brought up. I think, I think, my even my parents too. I feel like with the whole racism thing and the Black Lives Matter. Especially with the older Samoan generation, they're like, oh, mm-hmm. we're just so used to it. That's something that we shouldn't yeah. be used to. You know what I mean? That's something that we should be really trying to change. Yeah. And I think as they grew up in the area and the era where it's like they saw it everywhere. When they first came to America, especially when my, my family came to the South, the South is like the worst back in the 70s. Oh, and yeah. then I think we're a way more accepting world now, like with everything. It started with race, but now, you know, with, you know, with non-binary people, with gay people, like it's getting more and more acceptable, mm-hmm. which is, which is so dumb to say because it should be accepted anyway. But like, like yeah. for you, what what is your goals with interwoven and mixed women and like the bigger scheme of things? Like, what do what do you want to, you know, spread awareness of more or projects that you have that you really want to strengthen community with? So with, with mixed women, what I really want to help people do is the emotional work to get started on that inward journey. Because I love what you said about, you know, it shouldn't be that they need to be accepted. Even that language mm-hmm. is problematic, right? They being anyone, anyone that's different, anyone that's you know, whether we're talking about LGBTQ or any race, but that that is where we are, right? And so with mixed women to, to give people just the tools and manageable ones so that if you find yourself racist and homophobic, which if you were raised in the United States, you just are. Yeah, I was, 
you know, there's so much that there was racism in myself I had to confront, not only against myself, but just as a moder- model minority, we are trained in this country to look down yes. on black people because it, it, right? Because it's created that imbalance of scarcity. And so to learn how to face those things and to say, why am I racist? Why am I homophobic? Is that mine? Mm-hmm. You know, and to really start to look at the whys of your life um, and to really understand that when you're in judgment of someone else, you're only in judgment of yourself. And so to be able to stop and say, where am I in judgment of myself? Okay, what do I need to change? And to allow it to not really take you down, if that makes sense. So that each day you start to look at yourself with curiosity instead of judgment. And the more you can do that with yourself, you automatically look at the, yeah. the world that way. And so when we encounter people who are different from us, it really will be with a sense of awe and curiosity as opposed to judgment. Because, you know, of course, a, a human nature, you see something new, you're interested. Mm-hmm. It's different but it will be without the othering. We will see them as we are, which is whole and divine. And that every single human being on this planet is a whole valuable and divine being. And we've forgotten that because we've forgotten that we are. That's why it's, it's a, you know, you're less than, and I'm better than you. And I, that one of my favorite quotes is if you can't see God in all, you can't see God. I love at that. All. And that starts with seeing it in yourself. And so, you know, self-love it's been marketed as, you know, baths <laughs> and getting your hair done and all those things. And you know what? I love all those things do those things but it is also (laughs) looking at yourself with awareness with compassion and with truth and those things are not easy um we live in a culture that does not value stillness and so a lot of us don't know how to be still and we don't know how to be with ourselves Uh. and so mixed women is just like a Emotional Intelligence 101, and it is mostly focused on anti-racism because my opinion is that the answer, if there is one, and it's too complex for one answer, but that to heal anti-racism, it's the long game for one, like it'll be a couple generations, and that that's not exciting for people, you know, and to accept that this is the long game that we're playing but that it is to heal ourselves and that everything we need is already inside of us. We've just been so trained to Mm -hmm. look outward. And so that's, that is my hope. That is my, it it just brings me so much joy and it. I feel so passionate about mixed women because of that. Right. Cause I'm not trying to tell you how I do things. I want to give you tools to show you how you can do things in the best way yeah. for you because there's no right way you know and there's no wrong way either and the only failure is not mm-hmm. showing up to the work which is to say to not show up to yourself um and then interwoven was just this beautiful offspin of mixed women um i met my amazing partner in this kara thompson um during the summer and we were asked to do a couple of anti-racism events where I taught for about 30 minutes and then she did a yoga flow for about 45 afterward. And I have never seen anything more incredible in my life because I was talking about some really rough things because this really was at the height of it in June, right? And it was in Utah. So I was speaking to white people and telling them, you know, essentially telling them that racism isn't their fault, but 
it's real and it's time to really look at it and you can see the tension and you can see the grief on their faces or the anxiety or all the all of the complex emotions that arise knowing that like you benefited from white privilege white supremacy all those things right and then Kara moved their bodies and when they were done they wanted to show back up because they didn't feel awful mm-hmm. and so we are now realizing and it's not a new concept but using the body to process emotion because there's so much and it's generational just like I mentioned before and that your body can do a lot of that work for you and so with interwoven we're doing a lot of corporate work where we go in and teach anti-racism but then we move your body and mixed women will be incorporating that as well but that those are the things that are really going to help in this process while we unlearn yeah right this the way we were raised learn and relearn Mm -hmm. acceptance for self and therefore acceptance for others and so the two are pretty inseparable but that's the most exciting thing and you know with polynesians we tell stories and the movement of our bodies and that is not lost on me at all that all of these beautiful races that have been so marginalized in this country, all of them have dance and movement as a way to express joy, sorrow, grief. And so it's just further testament to these rich cultures that we come from. Mm-hmm. You know, they already knew it's already there. It's just now reapplying it, you know, with a decolonized view. Yeah. I That's love I, I love that you're saying, like, really putting value back into ourselves by, you know, really embracing who we are as people, you know. And I think that uh, mm-hmm. the identity is not really where you're from. It really, I mean, it is in, in some sort of respects. Like, it's not really your... Like your talent and stuff is really just a part of you and stuff, but it's what you're, mm-hmm. what do you identify with inside your culture, the positives and accepting the negatives too. I, I feel, I feel like we, oh, absolutely. even with friendships and, and even within yourself, you have to accept that, you know, there is things that are wrong, like things that are could be worked on. You know what I mean? I feel like with racism, with mm-hmm. people, seeing the world right now like i feel like it's like you can't brush this under the rug anymore you can't you can't pretend like everything's so great you have to realize like in order for you to change as a person you have to go through those trials and maybe those trials is like one day people will miss mishandle or mispronounce your name and it'll make you feel like you're less like you're not an american or you don't belong Mm -hmm. but that's really you know you have to instead of fitting in you got to stand out eh that's how I feel. So, absolutely, yes. take that space. You know, as I think a lot, and maybe maybe you too, Rex, because I obviously I can really only speak from a female perspective. But I'm a Polynesian woman, mm-hmm. so I'm not small. You know, and I cannot tell you how much of my life I spent trying to not take up space, mm-hmm. and that that is our birthright that's everyone's birthright we're meant to take up space we're meant to shine and that that healing that taking up space that all of the things that we need to do to make the world a better place it is the acceptance of all the good things and all the bad things within us right and the darkness and the light and look darkness doesn't or light doesn't know it's light mm-hmm. without darkness we we've labeled these things good and bad emotions whatever's going on inside of you but those dark times go all the way in and ask it what it's mm-hmm. trying to teach you um one of the first things i did on mixed women was it, it's just a really short 10 slide thing on how to sit in discomfort because our lizard brains the moment we're uncomfortable emotionally or physically, our, that brain thinks we're going to die. 
actually physically Mm -hmm. die. And so to learn how to sit for a moment and say, oh, this is uncomfortable. Okay. I'm not, I'm actually okay. Why am I feeling this way? That, that right there, just that simple act of taking a breath to ask yourself why you're feeling the way you're feeling before responding. That's revolutionary. That's, that's the change. And we don't think that these big, you know, world healing things can look so small, but they are. Mm-hmm. And the exciting part about that to me is that it's actually doable. Because when we look at our social problems, they are, there are so many, and they are so complex that it's almost like, well, why even bother, you know? But when you go into it just in you and you make those shifts, you're literally changing everything. It just isn't Instagrammable and it's not sexy and it's not exciting. Because it's like everything that's really good, like everything that's really worth doing, it builds on itself until, you know, it takes a couple of years. Then you look back and you're like, oh my goodness. Look at the way I see things now. Look at how none of the problems in my life really change because we're always going to have issues, right? Things are always going to come up. It's the way that you respond mm-hmm. to them. And so you get to access stillness in yourself and peace in yourself, which allows you to respond to your life and to others mm-hmm. as opposed to reacting to them. And all we're seeing right now on the news and, you know, forever is reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah right? That's, that's violence. That's anger. And don't misunderstand me. The riots are so necessary. There's, you know, writing is the language of the oppressed. Nobody riots like that unless there's a reason, you know? And so those things are necessary. I just mean, you get to add to the collective peace as opposed to the collective stress and totally understand and that's what i love man it's it's all like all of the self-love and all the self-worth and all of that and 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 the marginalized and all Mm -hmm. that's all comes from almost the same almost the same things you know what i mean and how how people the colonized oh yeah well the colonizers made us feel and how things like that and it changes the mindset and warps perception and I like I think that's what I love about what you do is that yeah. teaching people and teaching people to love what what they are and who they are and not question it and just being proud of it and and how do we enhance other people's lives by telling them that they're unique. So Right? And and really that who you mm-hmm. are, the world needs. I can't remember who said it, yeah. but somebody said be you because mm-hmm. everyone else is taken you know but that is because and I and I learned mm-hmm. this over and over but and especially with mixed women mm-hmm. it doesn't resonate with everyone but it resonates with some people and so that's why yeah. everyone needs to speak because there's only certain there's mm-hmm. some people that can only hear you you know that's what I mean how many self-help books are there there's just millions and they're all basically saying the same thing but they're written in a voice that only some people can hear. And so there's just so much abundance in that. And like with, with Polynesian people, with the, you know, you, like you told me with the dance troops, like there's infighting there. And, you know, there's always, I, I'm new to the, you know, Tongan Samoan mm-hmm. feud, <laughs> which is just, it's, it doesn't make sense to me. Partly because mm-hmm. I didn't grow up with it, right? But because there's there's plenty for all of us, and that we all need whatever version of Polynesian that you are. We yeah. need you, and we need you if you're an artist, and we need you if you're a writer or a doctor, whatever it is that you love. Mm-hmm. Follow that, and your ancestry and your background will help you be successful in whatever yeah. that is. 
you know, and then to bring it home to our communities to heal and then go back out. I love that. I think because, I think because as well, like using your talents and using your abilities to really share your message and really change the world, like what you're doing, and especially what I think that FIA and hopefully Inner Battle does, it's just like, like yeah, all I know true. is dance and fire knife. So I wanted to use that to tell, to show people to look inside themselves. It's about depression and mental, you mm-hmm. know, mental illness. I mean, I think that, uh, mm-hmm. I think what I, what I do agree about this type of situations now is that we do have to watch what we say. We do have to really watch how we feel because like it really does hurt people. Really, it really does. Mm-hmm. And so we have to really look at each other and be like, are we, if we're making fun or doing that, we're, I don't think we're just as bad as the people we, we, you know, they bully us. You know what I mean? Bullying and all of that, that all gets into well for being, for being oh, what yeah. you are. I feel like a lot of Polynesians, especially where I grew up, they're all dancers and stuff like that. So when we come to the West Coast, like what I'm learning is that not a lot of people are into like theater not people are into acting and things like that but those but we're the same people to be like why don't we see each other up there but i think that's the way we get our message across Mm -hmm. and like people know who we are is taking advantage of the of the talents that we have like the storytelling the the way finding like we always find our way and we're finding our way through life so yes and it's you know that that Mm -hmm. belonging that is so needed it's, it's also learning to belong just to yourself. And that's, I think, you know, for you and I, we're speaking out about things that are not popular in the Polynesian community. And, you know, nobody really knows who I am even in the Polynesian mm-hmm. community because I wasn't raised in it. And so, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of them will be like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. And on some levels, they're right, because I didn't grow up in the culture. But I still am going to go in and talk about what I do know because I have such a deep, real love for myself and where I come from that I don't need your permission to belong anymore Yeah, because I already do, you know? And so I know that I love, deeply love Mm. my Samoan heritage and I deeply love my white heritage too. And that both of those things are a gift. And that we get to go out and share those gifts. And, you know, <laughs> my my real mantra in life is let those with ears yeah. to hear understand. You know? And just to work from my passion and work from my heart. And that's all I can do. I love that. You know? <laughs> We're getting super deep. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> we like to go deep you know it's good it's well, good for you yeah so this thing is about to ding <laughs> us anchor has a new rule about shorter podcasts but i want yeah, you know but i wanted to end off i love the, it with the question that i always ask everybody i think legacy is such a big part of our culture legacy mm-hmm. is such a big part of what we want to do and uh the message that we want to bring across mm-hmm. but what do you want to be remembered for when all of this is said and done and you know, you have an awesome, beautiful family. And I think that no matter what you do, that's the legacy that you leave behind. Mm-hmm. But like other than your family, well, yeah, your family is an awesome legacy to leave behind. But what are you going to be known for? What is the stamp on the world that, that, that you would want to make? That's a good question. Um, I want to be known for showing people who they really are. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever I meet someone new, I, I feel like I can see how incredible they are. And as I get to know them, that always shows itself, you know, and even people that I had, I don't get along with, I can see the greatness that is in everyone. And I would love to be known as a person who was able to show them that because I don't want anyone to be me. I want them to be fully them. You know, people are so good at knowing Mm -hmm. what's wrong with them i want them to see what is so right with them 
and that part of what's wrong is what's right right and that all of it together makes you this beautiful soul that never will exist again you know and if people remember that about themselves we'll all be better totally thank you michael for for coming on and for really yeah of course for really bringing your perspective because i think it is a change of pace from what we do and like it's not all about the entertainment entertainment life but it really is that time for us as a people Mm -hmm. especially that most of us that do listen to this or most people that do listen to this are like younger they're very young i have a lot of teenagers that yeah, really struggling with their identity, really struggling for what they are and what they what their belonging is in the world. And I think this is episode really shows, you know, to to really find yourself. It's all for everybody. I hope you guys liked that episode of me and Mikel for season two premiere. I really love that episode. It really gets into the insight of how us as Polynesians and people in general can be more unified and be open and vulnerable with our feelings, vulnerable with the way we feel towards each other. And I think understanding being better people is all intertwined. So this is just season two, right? The start of season two. Next week, we have our awesome new guest as well. I'm not going to announce that till Sunday. But every Friday up to this point, we're going to have Fire Knife Fridays and Siva Afi Saturdays along with the Fire Knife Life podcast going to be pushing out as much fire knife and polynesian content to you as well for those of you who have been asking for inner battle we're doing a, a rewrite session on uh, on the story so we are going to be shooting soon we have an amazing cast uh, lined up we have an amazing lineup for you all as well so keep your eyes peeled for more fire knife fridays and more fire knife life podcasts on wednesdays and also see Vafi saturdays on saturday so we'll talk to you guys later peace and so if I say, what, yo, whoop.